it's time for It Really Has Been. Now here's Darren and Dave. Alright, welcome to It Really Has Been. I'm your host, Darren Smith, and this is your other host, David Dunkley. Hello, everybody. And you know what? We, uh, we have got such a great response from our last show because I guess my preaching on it, I'm not really sure of it. I did get some compliments about your preaching. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. I guess I missed my calling, but um, but it's never too late, brother. But you know what? This show is not about me. This show is all about my partner in crime for thirty years now, twenty years, however long it's been. <laughs> Seems like thirty. Uh, I think it's closer to thirty. Yeah, it could be. But it'd be thirty and twenty-five. And twenty-five. We did. We give a show called Let Us give thanks and that was i put in the lettuce for the vegetarians out there so we i don't think we've tapped into the vegetarian market yet so thank god yeah so i I thought i threw that in there so so but this is all about let us give thanks part two this is the david dunkley give thanks so without further ado this is this is my partner david dunkley well, you Yay. know, Darren, yeah, woo Sound effects. So, Darren, thank yeah. you, thank you very much. So, Darren, I couldn't, man, your preaching was superb last week, and, you know, and I've been really intimidated trying to follow that, you know? Well, I'm like, what am I going to do? And Thank you, my brother. <laughs> just, and I didn't want to step into that field, so I just thought I would just come and I'm just, I just wrote down some notes of thank yous, and I thought, well, I'll just kind of keep it in chronological order. Until I get to the end of my life here, as you know, up to now. As, you know what as, I'm saying? Uh, you know, as we stand today. Yeah, uh, not to be mistaken with chromosomal order. Yeah, right, like as in demise. Or chloroform, or chloroformial <laughs> order. <laughs> hey, speaking of, chlor- speaking of chloroform, before we get started, man, I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go, everybody knows about the kidney debacle. But yes, exactly. I, I had to go in and get a heart cath. You know, it's part of the kidney thing. You know, mm-hmm. check my heart, make sure it's part all of good. the debacle. Yeah, right. so I go in there and uh, they say, "I go, are you going to knock me out for this?" Uh, no, but we're, but the good news is we're going to go through your groin with two tubes and <laughs> and uh, and uh, you'll be uh, what they call it. They you'll be. Uh, sedated, but you'll be consciously sedated. Nice. I like. Sounds like a. <laughs> I want to be unconsciously sedated. You know. Sounds like a Ramon song. Yeah. So consciously sedated. So I I went to sleep and I said, well, you know, they didn't tell me anything. Oh yeah, you did. I was laying on the table, laid there for a while, uh, this thing up my groin, and uh, and uh, I'm I'm wide awake. I'm not. The the fent- fentanyl I could never be a fentanyl addict because it doesn't do th- anything for me. You know? Then no, oh, it can kill you, but I'm sure there's, there's yeah, just well, probably not a lot of in between. Well, they need to give it to me to the point where I don't die, but I'm sedated because they right they don't give me enough. <laughs> but he said we uh, found- so you had to go to the milk. Huh? Yeah. Was you on the milk? Yeah. Well, they they give me the the stuff that killed Michael Jackson, but not enough of it either. So they kind of just give you a cocktail of sedation you know but it doesn't right. really do anything you know was you fuzzy man i mean did you, no i did was just, just chilled you know like it's like it's kind of like well i know what's happening and i don't like it but there's but nothing i don't really I can, care well there's nothing i can do about it so just chill it hurts right. it hurts but i don't i don't i can't do but, uh, anything about but it but i'm good <laughs> yeah 
it's not even a so good hurt. Some, but. So what you're saying is somewhere in the middle of all that, it was working for you. Well, I don't know if it was or not, but they they uh, said right in the middle of it, he goes, well, there's some blockies. We're going to have to put a couple stints in your heart. Yep. And that's what's me screaming when I said, that's well, <laughs> no, that was my dog. But uh, so like I, guess, I guess there must have been a, a pretty good blockage because they had to put two stents, which I don't really know what stents look like, but they had to put them end to end and, and open it up, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got that done. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, I'm sure it helped me, but you don't feel any, like, you're not robust afterwards and going, oh, I feel so you know, much I know hurt. you. Well, you'd think that if you got more blood flowing through, or you know, you might want to, yeah, extra step up the stairs or something, or you know, you know get to, at least get wood, you know. Yeah. <laughs> back to the wing. Oh, no, oh no, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but but no, nothing, nothing like that. And uh, so, uh, but what what happens is is they after you're done, they say we want to keep you overnight because obviously you know I'm a bleeder, so and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they take me to, up to my room, and I'm like, and they make you lay flat, which sucks anyway. You know, I want to sit mm-hmm. up, flat and, on your back, uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And uh, then they 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 have these thing called shields, and I guess that's the the thing they put in your groin. They put a big one and a small one to slide the tube up through your arteries. You know, right? Well, they left that. They leave those in. You know, until like, and they suture them, right? Well, they say, okay, we're gonna take the shields out. And here's some more fentanyl. <laughs> and I'm go, this can't be good. This can't be good. Can I have a drip, please? Yeah. So they they what they do is they pull these shields out, but they don't tell me, oh, oh, I'm gonna have to put a little pressure on here. And uh, I guess to stop the bleeding. I like when they say, well, you're gonna feel a little pressure. And while they're saying press the word pressure, they're actually Oh yeah, doing push it. it. They're pushing. And they push yeah. right on where the wound is, you know? Right. And, right and it's it. like, I'm like to jump out of the bed, man. And they don't tell me we got to hold this for 20 minutes. Ah. Yeah, 20 minutes. And then they take the other tube out and have to hold it, both of them for 10. And then mm-hmm. and then they bandage you up and, you know, you just kind of, you can sit. You should put some Megadeth on or something in your head and just be through, through the whole it, 20 minutes. It know? is. That's, Hour and through, that, man. That's like what's going scene. That's what's going through my head while it's happening. <laughs> I don't want it to, but that's, that's what's happening. So anyway, I'm sorry, that's man. Funny. I just wanted to tell that story, but go ahead. That's okay, man. Thanks. We get, we, we're we wrapping up our, our you know, various debacles. Yeah, let's get on it, brother. Let's hear it. Okay, man. So thank, I'm just going to go on. straight. <laughs> think on. I'm kind of a thankful kind of guy anyway. So, but you know, I found giving thanks is kind of dangerous because you know, I don't want to leave nobody out. You know. Oh, I'm and sure. I'm sure I did too. You know. You but, know, it yeah. hurt somebody's feelings, and people was easily hurt. And oh, you didn't thank me, and remember when we? There's probably a hundreds of those. Yeah. Because there's so many people been so good along the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I've always been thankful, and. Uh, I hopefully thank these people along the way, you know. Yeah. I've always tried to be thankful along the way, but um, my mom, my mom got she got a lot of thanks, especially on Mother's Day. Her and my pops, they're both gone now, but um, I've always thanked them. You know, my dad for just sparking that match. You know, he he put on a Dave Brubeck song when I was about eight years old called Unsquare Dance, mm-hmm. 
and it had this off time, doom, bum, doom, doom, da, da, da. and he was like, clap this out, it had these hand claps, and you know, and you did the off time hand claps, and he showed them to me a couple times, and I did them, you know, I did them for him, and uh, really quick, and I think, um, I think I probably chased that reward the rest of my life, you know, just how happy he was, me popping off that rhythm, but, uh, um, but anyway, about 1969, I told my mom I was going to play rock and roll uh, in somebody's famous's band. That's what I told her. I never <laughs> said I was going to be a rock star. <laughs> I said I would have played someone's band. And I told her I was going to buy her a house, you know. But, um, well, some of it worked out. The house part, I'm still trying to pay for my own. But, uh, so that yeah, didn't yeah. work out. But, yeah. you know. But, you know, you do have those dreams when you're a kid. I, but, I think we all say that about our parents. You know, I'm going to buy, buy your house, mama. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, I think the day I, the night in the middle of the night, which she never answered the phone, but this night she knew. Uh, I played Madison Square Garden and called and thanked her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could hardly speak. I was so emotional anyway. But just, I think that was probably her house. Yeah, there you go. You know, there you go. I mean, I really do. She. I don't she think really, they really uh, ever expect you really to buy them out. No, some people get to do that thing, and what you know, you see people do that, and it's like, the man, one, how cool would the only one I ever cool really be, know that. Bought their mom the house was uh, Elvis, <laughs> Graceland, you know. <laughs> yeah, you hand out cars like Tic Tacs, you know. That'd be fun, but man, you got to carry that burden that gets up, that acquires all that stuff to give it away, you know. It's, That's uh, true. Who do you it's who do you give it away to? You know, what do you give away? Because everybody's right, got different but, needs, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I did. I told her that's what I was going to do, and I put that out in the universe, and you know, got steered along the way so mom helped me all the way she she cheered me on all the time you know but yeah so um i don't know I, let's see here I, about 1969 i started listening to the music and listen to the am radio and um there was songs like heart of gold remember that neil young oh, song yeah. heart of gold um my, it used to set up in the window my radio did when i'd go to sleep at night and you'd hear Radar Love and yeah. Band on the Run, Saturday in the Park, and through all those years and all those times, you're just pounding and all that music. So I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for those artists and those songs, you know, yeah. that put that in me. And by the time uh, Santa brought me a snare drum in 1972, about sixth grade, Santa Claus brings me a snare drum, and um, so. Uh, I started beating on that, and I'm grateful to Santa for bringing me a snare drum. So, you know? so you you think uh, that you know you're grateful for like the the, the the stuff like you said Saturday in the Park and all that. So, if that's the angel yeah. stuff, I guess disco must have been the devil shit. That came <laughs> <laughs> that, came, that came a little later, man. You know, yeah. when the when uh, by the time and I remember kicking jive talking, man. You remember oh, jive yeah. talking? Yeah. That was the precursor to disco. Yeah. You know? Okay, well it let's kinda, see sixty nine, let's see, uh I'm up into about seventy two, seventy three now with some, okay. you know, I kinda spread it out there with okay. band on the run and you know. Yeah, Neil Sedaka was the devil. <laughs> and and Leo Sayer. Oh yeah, he was definitely You gotta see Leo Do you do you remember yeah. that song uh uh I can help Billy Swan. Yeah. It was and like yeah, the, I can help. the, that was the a most, cool song. The simplest song in the world had that organ going in it. And man, they yeah. overplayed it. And I hated that song. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, because radio just 
grabbed a hold of it and just yeah they'd play it at the pool all summer long and just kill you with it you know yeah they just by the time summer's over you hated it. yeah or at the or at the skating rink you know they say oh, both but yeah. the only thing would say that is Kodachrome would come after that so yeah yeah there you go so, Kodachrome yeah that's it so but. So I got my first snare drum, and you know what I was grateful for then? What? I learned about hauling gear. Because when you're in the sixth grade and you're hauling your snare case and your stand and your little music stand and your book up and down the, you know, we had about 30 steps up to the school. Yeah. And uh, so I learned about hauling gear, so I'm grateful for that. I should have started singing then. <laughs> <laughs> or playing playing a real harmonica. <laughs> yeah, not my play school harmonica. That's enough. That's another story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so I was thankful for the snare drum, and and then um, after that, my next influences was was band directors. You know, I was through in band and stuff. So they showed me a love for music and an ability to make money from playing music. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I never put the two together, but I'm starting to learn about all this. So Mr. Lavender, Mr. Mr. Penix was this skinny white dude who always told me he played um, some gigs with James Brown. And I and I and I didn't know enough about James Brown at the time to go. Your white ass ain't played with James <laughs> Brown. So I think Mister Penix, he always had this shy grin, like he was shucking me. Yeah. And you know, and I was still young, and I think he was shucking me, man. What? I'd still love to know what if Gus Penix ever played with James Brown. What was his name, Mister Penis? <laughs> Gus Penis. <laughs> Gus Gus Penix. Oh Penix. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. Back to the wang, but anyway, the guy must have been um, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, oh well, Mister Lavender, man, Mister Lavender, he was cool. Uh, Mister Mister Slack, oh, so oh, all those oh, guys. Hold on. The guy, the penis guy, did he play with James Brown? I never could find out, and I've still not ever been able to find out. But you don't see a lot of white guys playing well, James say, band. Was, so. was he a white guy? Yeah, man, he, he was, was really white. He was lying his ass. And off. he showed me a picture of him playing trumpet, and he looked like, you know, a hippie. Yeah, had his, looked like he played for Tower of Power or something. And the shot was kind of cool. I'm green. I didn't know nothing about all this stuff. And but I remember being skeptical at the time. I still had a little street in me. I'm like, yeah, oh, this dude's full of shit or not, yeah. you know. So. So anyway, well, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the name because I don't want some seventy-year-old dude coming <laughs> well, whooping my ass because I called well, him. He, was, well, he only weighed like a buck and a quarter, so if he's seventy and now you know he's kicking maybe one thirty, kick me with so his. I don't think whack me with his cane and say <laughs> I did too play with James Brown. I did bitch. play with James. <laughs> <laughs> who, thought, who you think taught him the sex machine? You know? <laughs> uh, so then, after that, my influences um, was the set during the seventies. Man, my mom managed that nightclub, and I'm going to watch these funk bands, you know. And the local funk bands at the time, Ebony and the Greek, uh, Stratus, and Manchild. Who I remember, I told you, Babyface was in that band, Manchild. Yeah, yeah. They was regulars there, man. So I was getting schooled in the funk. Wow. And so, if I had to think any of the, those guys, Shelly Bosley and. Louie and, you know, Billy D, all these guys, man. That's, it was influential. That's, that's funny. Inf- that's um, probably 15, man, taking funk lessons on Friday nights with adults, you know. Yeah, we we uh, we did a, this, I think this is before you started, we did a, we were doing a show in Philadelphia. And we, mm-hmm. we went to uh, uh, a rehearsal hall in Philadelphia somewhere. Just They rented it for us. 
And, right. and we were there, and across the hall, Babyface was there. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. They said it was. Somebody named Babyface was rehearsing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Yep. I had no clue who that was. The who um, was, man. I, I think yeah. it, was, it was before he made it big, you know, but yeah. Right. He was on his way. Well, carry yeah, on, but those guys thought, they, they Those guys taught me about appearance, you know, and I remember them walking in the room and you knew they was in the band, man. You didn't have to yeah. look around the room to, you know, the appearance, the, this, the way to present it to the crowd and full showmanship. It was it was cool lessons for a young young man. But by then I'm playing my drums in my room. Mm-hmm. And so my neighborhood became my crowd, you know. We had a school ground right outside. I lived on the corner, then there was a hill, and on top of the hill was the playground. And we'd all set up there in the summertime, man. That, that was the place to go. So I'd be... You know, slopping through full in the rain, or you know, <laughs> doing some Zeppelin or something. And when I was done, you'd hear, "Yeah, keep playing, play, some, play free bird." You know, oh, you'd hear yeah. all that shit. My friends are up there smoking weed, and <laughs> you know, sometimes I'd be in my room and I'd hear them holler. You know, yeah. holler for me to play something. So yeah. those guys in the neighborhood, man, for encouraging me, and they still talk about that when when we get together sometimes. You know, so they know who they are. I, I appreciate all those guys. Um. Then I started playing live, and and then Bill Bosley, you know, yeah, yeah. who we talked about, yeah, Billy, Billy's the one who taught me about the pocket. First time I ever heard about a pocket, or wait, Dave, you got here, you got to look for this, you know. Right. I was just blasting through stuff and all excited, and you know, eighteen years old, I got to hit every drum and every song, and like Bill's like, yeah, slow down, young man, slow down, young man. He was a few years older than me, so. Uh. He, he slowed me down and put me in the pocket so then he could help me learn my funk lessons. Because until you do that, you, you can't go on to your, you know, the, the next lessons in funk. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so Bill taught me about the pocket. Um, and um, John Ward's mom, man, John Ward's Bar- mom, Barbara, she believed in us, man. We was just kids and she bought us a PA. Oh, you wow. Know? And we did started doing gigs and paying her back, but... Um, but for her, man, I couldn't thank her enough. She always supported our journey, mine and John's, you know, yeah. always encouraged us and always believed in us. And um, I think she got a lot of joy out of seeing what happened to John and I, too. You know, yeah. to be able to do that together was probably a blessing for her. But, you, you um, think that she was like pissed because John went from a, a guitar player to a lowly sound man? Nah. Wait till Johnny hears that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's why I did it. That's why I did it. I know yeah, did. I think she was quite proud of him no matter what. I think she was proud that he, you know, he just took off on his adventure and he never came home. Although, you know, you know what John would say if he heard me say that? He what? would say, I'm still working, ain't I, bitch? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, you might as well go on and say that for him. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like it's like when Eminem was rapping against those guys in Eight Mile. He just told them everything about himself. Yeah, you know? so go you ahead. Go. What are you going to say about me now? I know. I know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> but uh, Jeff Chappelle, Tim Perry, and Boz, those guys taught me how to be in a band together with guys. You know, um, that was the first band I was in. So we learned how to stay in a hotel room together and. <laughs> all the things you learn with drunk 18 year olds in a hotel room there's a lot of stuff to learn you know you know that that's funny you should say that because i remember uh staying in hotel rooms with different bands all through my career and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't until i got room with you that i learned about turbo parts 
<laughs> so it just goes to show you that you can always learn something new, no matter how many hotels you stay in, how many guys you well, stay this, with. There's always well, going to be something new. I'm, I'm going to tell you this one then, man. It's a little tiny bit gross, so if you're going to be gross Dutch, you can turn this off for a second. Man, I but, was rooming with you for 10 years. I just think I'm going to be grossed out. <laughs> so, so check us out, man. One of the first times I ever got a hotel room, my friend Brad and I, <clears throat> we're there first. We go in. There's two rooms. We go in, and it's a crappy you know, motel, yeah. door on the outside, one of those things. Mm-hmm. We're probably 18, 19 years old. So we go in, and the only time in my life have I ever seen a bathroom petitioned off, but no roof on it. You can literally like lay in the bed and toss things over <laughs> into the bathroom, man, while people's in there. That's so, killer. That's killer. So, oh, it's good for pranks. Yeah. But so what Brad and I did, we had traveled a long way. Brad and I forget somebody else was with us, and we all had to go to the bathroom. So we went and picked. We had both keys. We picked the room that we wanted mm-hmm. and then we went to the to the other room and all of us went to the bathroom in there in that oh. room and then and then we had taken off you remember those little strips that says this bowl's been sanitized for your protection yeah and we took it off and then we slid it right back over top of that nasty bowl and then oh <laughs> and then left and got our and then went and got our room man and then gave them the key and as soon as they go in you can just hear them they're <laughs> screaming through the wall man <laughs> and that started my career in you know <laughs> turbo turbo pranks <laughs> that would do it that would do it uh-huh it was a good man it, and then we had a spitball battle in there that was epic yeah, spitball. You remember those big straws that uh, you'd get pixie sticks in, but the big fat ones that was oh, like yeah. two foot long. Yeah, man, you could shoot a spitball with those things. You yeah, wouldn't I've believe. Done that before. Yeah, <laughs> not, <laughs> no. <laughs> so about this time, I get married. Uh, I was way young. Uh, we both was wide eyed and, and naive, and um, what was going to happen to me musically wasn't going to happen for a long time. <laughs> so she went through. She went through all that stuff with me in my 20s, and it wasn't easy. It was fun, but it was hard, and Trina was a champ. So uh, we both had other things in our future. Uh, she gave me my first wonderful son, Jeremiah, and my daughter, Sarah, who's gave me Braden and Daniel and Hannah, and for all that, I'm very grateful for her and, and all that's happened there. So there's a big thank you in that one. A lot of band guys, you know, that was important to me along the way. I couldn't say them all, but, uh, you know, all of them was great. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here? Let's see here. About that time, man, but right before I got with Tim, there was this man who, I was pretty broke, and this guy named um, Mr. Gene, Gene Ware in Charleston, West Virginia, he gave me a, a place to stay, like rented me a room. And man, this dude was the walking epitome of integrity, and you know, yeah. and in the middle of a lot of turmoil in my life, he walked right in there, kind of took care of me. I didn't have no dad around to do anything like that, and he kind of kept me propped up until John Ward called and yanked my ass out of there. <laughs> it was just perfect timing, you know. But to Mister Ware, man, he still I talked to him not too long ago on the phone. He's still he's just a wonderful guy, man. If you ever see somebody you want to be like you know just giving and kind and caring mr wares he's definitely is that yeah. so um people for that's been in the front row john ward man i couldn't think i could thank him a hundred times for a hundred reasons he hauled me and my car to nashville once 
years ago, you know, Shirley uh, stayed at his house many times, fed me, you know, him and his wife, Tina, but a uh, thousand reasons I could think, think him. Chet Williamson, who still has a room in his house that he, he calls my room, man. So <laughs> I've had a room in Chet's house for 30 years, you know, so he keeps the room for me. Wally Price, who I think before on here has hauled me around and he counseled me for years, so... My brother Jeff Green, he showed me a he showed me what not to do, and then showed me what redemption was all about. So, uh, and he still prays for me and my family. And he's a, he's a powerful man of God, and I, I appreciate Jeffy's love. Um, all those guys, I thank you very much. Um, he Scott would he would have been good for my preaching. Yeah, he would. He probably yeah. liked your preaching. He he listens too, man. He, yeah, then I lo- he probably think you need Jesus. Uh, yeah, I lost I lost him on the <laughs> when way. he listened to the and the end part. He probably yeah. thinks, yeah, he needs Jesus. Yeah, I lost him. I lost him on the way. <laughs> no, Jeffy probably cracked up. But um, so anyway, I got guys at home, man. I grew up with that always supported me too. Scott Jones, Gary Hall, my whole Dunbar gang, and then Michael Lipton, musician in town, Jupy. Dino Stanley, Charlie T, Teddy, all those guys. Um, great guys to play with. I learned a lot hanging out and playing music with those guys. And then came the McGraw years. Um, John Ward for pulling me in there again. See, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. John just continually. Um, I was grateful for that. He thought enough of me to give a, give me a job as a tech and tell me I had to get the rest of myself, whatever's going to happen. And, we see what happened there, man. And for yeah. that, I have to thank you. Well, because, you know, you you recognize that I, I was kind of, what's this dude doing here? Tech it, man. <laughs> you know, well, he's I just, hanging out in the bus singing songs and, you know. I figured every uh, taters needed meat and every meat needs a tater. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history, That's right. you know. That's right. But I was definitely grateful for you for that. No audition, no nothing, man. You just, like, get your shit together and join us at Universal Amphitheater. Yeah, you know? well, you know, it was weird because, I mean, because Tim was adamant. He had seen somebody. I don't know if it was the one of the Foo Fighters or one of those Coldplay <laughs> or some kind of whatever he was somebody in. Somebody had a, yeah. And somebody had a, yeah, somebody had a percussion player. And he was like, I want a compression player. I want a percussion player. He just kept on. And uh, at first, I was like, I don't want to hire another outside guy, you know. <laughs> I have Bring a, somebody in I here. have a hard enough time dealing with the seven guys, you know, that I got to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, yeah. well, and I just, it just popped in the top. I said, we don't need to hire nobody. We got somebody right here. And he was like, who's that? And I said, Dave, the meaty. I remember you told me, you said, we're already paying him. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes, well, you know, and then I think that's when it started. You started coming out for a couple songs. Rolling it out. I think yeah. it was just testing the water there until it got, until he realized, well, yeah, this guy might as well. Yeah. It's easier to hire a drum tech than it is to hire a percussion player, you know? Right, man. Because Especially, and he, he gets somebody to sing all, singing all the rehearsals and shit oh, eventually, yeah. man. I, I was doing all kinds of stuff. Because I think most uh, guys that take gigs in percussion are uh, drummers, you know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're drummers. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think to be a percussion player, you got to approach that from a different thing than, mm-hmm. than a drummer. I mean, you still got to have right. rhythm, but I mean, you're not using your sticks, you're using your hands and you're using right. different, different things. Like, and I think you have to 
you know, approach it from a different thing than a drummer because you're yeah, not keeping, you're not keeping a beat really. You know, you're accenting the beat. You know, so right, and you're sweetening things. Right. You got to find where not to play is so important. So yeah. that man, all those years I was playing drums, but I was listening to Santana and Earth, Wind, and Fire yeah. and all these things that had all these percussion stuff in it. So when Tim literally he said, "Man, can you do that gig?" and I remember just my mouth just said, "Yes," yeah. you know, but in my head I'm going. Oh, my God. I never stood behind congas for, you know, more than a gig or two, you know? Yeah, I used to so, get so jealous because when we'd go into the studio, they'd, they, uh, they'd go in, you'd go in there and play, like, if it was a tune that, that, that had a steady conga thing in it, like uh, the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Watch the Wind Blow By or something like that. Right. You know, right. you laid down like eight bars. And then you were done for the whole song. And, and so I'd go to my part and I'd go, okay, well, here you go. Dink, dink, dink. I'm done. Just loop it, loop it. And they're like, no, can't do it. Can't do it. Doesn't, work, doesn't work for oh, you. Oh, come on, man. Man, I always, I loved how they just gave me the, you know, just if I wanted to pass, I did a pass on there. If yeah. I did the, you know, I just did the congas. Did he? Eric told me later, he's like, I pulled yours stuff out i needed and he said it was good and sturdy and yeah you know i didn't have to fish too much for it and then i'd put a little shaker in and and some of the stuff made it and some of it didn't yeah you know well, that's the way it was. sometimes a lot some of it all a couple songs like um that one with neo yeah i think everything i did that day put it's on that song yeah it's, you know? it's weird you know you go in there and you, you, you try not you try to be tasteful and you try to do this but then when you start doing it you find out oh there's a Okay, I got to put this chink part down here. I got to put this power chord mm-hmm. down. Then I got to put a solo down. Then I got to put, oh, oh, wow. There's a baritone part that could be cool right here, <laughs> right. or a tremolo part right so here. So you're building. It's like building a building. Yeah, man. and pretty soon you got nine guitar parts on there that you can never replicate live. So you just got to pick the best parts and right. Do and it. That's where you can say, sit here and go. That's got. I got to thank Eric and. Julian, oh yeah, Byron, yeah. you know. Oh, um, anyway, um, we're sort of. This is how I miss somebody if I scoot on to another part. Um, hey, you know what? Oh, what's that? I'm, Guess what time it ahead. is. Guess what? I hate to interrupt it because you're on a roll. Shoot, we way up in there, man. Ain't we? I'm thirty minutes in. I'm still thankful. Oh, <laughs> you are thankful. <laughs> what we got, man? Uh, <clears throat> it's time for song of the week. This is all you, awesome, brother. man. We take a break from my thanks, man. This I'm is, tired of my thanks. This song this week, last week was all me, brother. This is all you. So this week, I pulled one out uh, that Bob and I wrote after we did. Like, we stayed on. <laughs> you said Hollywood. Pull, you said pull one out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> man, you got to back up. I know, man. I know. Man, this is uh So Bob, we spent a week out in Hollywood. Remember? No, oh, yeah, that, many times. That week, it was a. Uh, it was a long week. The Hollywood's crazy. Yeah. But at the end of that week, he used to just sit out there and watch his nuts walk around at night. And so Bob and I wrote a song called Mercy Day later on. Um, Blue Miller sang it for us. I yeah. think Pat Buchanan's playing some slide in there, so it's yeah. good, tasteful, yeah, good tasteful music going on there. But um, so anyway, uh, it's a great song, man. Check, check this what's out. The, what's it's it called? On demo. It's called Mercy Day. Mercy Day. Yeah. There's always a faster gun. Waiting on the street Looking to fight 
everyone in me Yeah, I used to be a slinger But I put my guns away Found something better to fight for That's why I'm here today Got tired of walking in circles With one foot nailed to the floor Yeah, just out of reach Of that freedom door I kept waiting on Jesus For him to come my way But he never showed his face Till I began to pray Sometimes a bull about a loser Becomes a Hollywood winner And sometimes the most holy saint Was the biggest sinner Yeah, and sometimes we find ourselves In the strangest place Just before the sun comes up On our mercy day And dying a little every day Better learn how to slow down Before it all slips away You can make a U-turn On a dead-end street Wave goodbye to the old you And what you used to be Sometimes a boulevard loser Becomes a Hollywood winner Sometimes the most holy saint Was the biggest sinner Sometimes we find ourselves In the strangest place Just before the sun comes up On our mercy day Yeah, yeah There's a day of grace coming In every one of our lives You won't find it on a calendar But you'll know when it arrives Sometimes a boulevard loser Becomes a Hollywood winner Sometimes the most holy saint was the biggest sinner And sometimes we find ourselves in the strangest place Just before the sun comes up on our mercy day Just before the sun comes up on our Yeah, he's a great singer, man. Well, he's, not cool cat, man. he's not anymore. He's not anymore. Yeah, he's he not anymore. But, but what a cool guy. He had a nice 
went and sit down with him, and just a tiny little yeah. fella just had a great that, spirit. That you know? Gibson Miller band was a kick-ass band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For their short-lived run, they did. I mean, you think about it, they weren't around that long. You know, they weren't around very long at all. They, I mean, they 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 weren't really mainstream. They were more underground. Musicians loved them, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, go ahead, my brother. Thank on. Well, this wrapping it up pretty much. You know, of course, I'm grateful for Tim and give me a chance to prove myself and, and you know the freedom to just like what we was talking about to play my instrument. Yeah. He just, you know, he said, man, you play, and if I don't like it, I'll tell you. And he never really, yeah. never really told, he never really That's directed he, he me was, anyway. He wasn't really listening. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't listen until he got it, and he played back after it was all over. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted more, but, um, he wanted more goats and uh, didgeridoos. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have given it to him if he'd have brought a bed, man. I'd have squeezed a goat. And, yeah, what if he told you that one time when we were out at... You got to... I mean, you got to learn to play didgeridoo. No, goat, you home. goat. I'm talking about goat. Well, I, I know. I'm not talking about you, Lonnie. Okay, be cool. Ah, oh. oh, is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, but and then um, I think to wrap it up, um, you know, without McGraw and this whole gig, I wouldn't have met my wife Michelle. And, Oh, and see now you're gonna, now you're gonna pull the family card here. See, yeah. I didn't pull the family card. <laughs> Did last you do time. it? Well, I got no, you, man. No. I got it. I'm, I'm pulling it. Uh, well, well, just my... before before you do, let me just say, I want to thank my wife too and my kids <laughs> and all that. I didn't know we were gonna all pull that, the family that card. That you know, I, uh, sorry, man. I'm so I, sorry. I, <laughs> I thought we were talking uh, about like career stuff, you know. But I guess they're part well, of that too, you know. It was part of my career because they were they was. Putting up with me being gone, you know, the Judah and Nolan and yeah. Dylan and Logan, you know, all those at home here, Jeremy and Sarah too, man. It's just, they was older, but and, you know, is gone. I, gone is gone. You I, know? I admire you for thinking your, your ex, you know, cause mine, I'm like, yeah, thank you for leaving me. <laughs> Appreciate it. If it wasn't was for it you, you uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at you, today. Was it you taller when we got married? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you've yeah. been on my back for the last <laughs> ten years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, anyway, we're gonna have a show about family, though. We're gonna get. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna bring some. We're gonna have a kids my, and wives and all that on. Uh, my kids got some funny show. perspectives of some of some yeah. of this stuff, man. They really do. So, but then other than that, I'm just blessed, man. God's been good to me. My bones hurt a little bit, but I'm good, you know, yeah. on the most part. Uh, for all that, I'm very thankful, man. I'm thankful people like our Hillbilly Has Been show. Yeah, man. Um, Something to do. You know, and I got to say, in one show, you said uh, um, nuts in Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, Pull this out. um, And one other thing, you just now said... uh, and and then I blamed you for the wang. Yeah, and then you talk about me for saying about the wang. I'm sorry, and it wasn't even it wasn't even about it wasn't even wang related. No, this was about plaster caster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even. telling you, I'm telling you, man. It's 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 like a mental thing. Once it's yeah, uh, once it once you get hit with it, it's just <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people have looked up plaster caster since we've been talking. About uh, since we did that, I don't know, but they should. They it's should. It is kind of yeah. interesting, but it's it, rock and roll history, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's on Google. It, it's on Google. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's on. Wikipedia. If it's on the internet, it must be real. Well, it's. Um, I mean, if you look up Wikipedia and look under plastic casters, it'll be there. But, I mean, that's <laughs> the same thing as uh, uh, 
Little Rock County, same thing. Right. You know, I mean, things. That's just the uh, man. I used to have a book, and and you probably heard of the book about uh, the uh, the crazy stuff about rock and roll. You know, about the Zeppelin. You know, at, yeah, at, the, oh, yeah. at the ride house and the shark, right. the shark and the shark story. You know, yeah, Jesus. you know, just yeah. all these rock and roll stories. You know, some of them may be true, some of them are probably made up, but legend. I, I yeah, had, it was called Rock and Roll Babylon. Well, I, had, I, got, I I've, I've read that before. Yeah, well, I think I have it here, Darren. It's a great big book. Great, oh great, yeah, big great big book, book. and there's great stories in there. And and but they when I moved to Nashville, there was a book. I had two books. I didn't own any books. I had two books. The mm-hmm. Nashville Number System <laughs> mm-hmm. by Chaz Williams and uh-huh. Nashville Babylon. And it oh. had all the stories about these Nashville people uh, all the way up to about, I'd say, the, the book I went up to the outlaw years, you know, like Waylon and Willie. Right. And I think where that's, it started to really get good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where I think that's where it was written. So I think that's where it stopped, you know. There may have right. been other books after that, but I mean, once you, I mean, some of the stories about Hank Williams and, and uh, George Jones, you know, and uh, the crazy right. crap he did. And I mean, just right. Johnny Paycheck. You know, you know, um, uh, Georgette Jones, I worked some gigs with her and she's a really good friend of mine. We need to get her on here. Cause I'd love to. Yeah, Tammy Wanette's daughter and George Jones. Right. Tammy Wanette's daughter. I mean, and she's I think a, Michelle used to work with her when she moved here to town. Yeah, she's a great, great uh, singer. She's a great, great entertainer, and and she's also a registered nurse. So I don't know, you know. But yeah. uh, uh, That'd she, be awesome, she offered me a kidney, but we weren't compatible. Oh really? Yeah, I worked two gigs with her, and we got along so well that she offered me a kidney. That's she's going to give you a kidney. Yeah, that's, pretty that's pretty friendly. Yeah. <laughs> So and her that's husband, crazy, her man. husband plays steel with uh, oh one of the new guys. Well, he ain't new anymore, but he was new a couple of years ago. <laughs> I've seen her on um, I've seen her on one of those shows about the whole mess with the family and yeah, you know yeah. the kids the family one the what, the will thing, you know yeah. what a mess all that oh, is. Oh, that was God a mess. Lover. They, I, yeah. I think, I think they still think that. What her husband George had something to do with oftener or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, if you live sit, with if sit you, there and do nothing while while it's going on. If you live with George Jones during his heyday, you can live through mm-hmm. anything. I would think, you know. But. Man, there's a thing on Twitter that's you know it's only minute long things. So and it's, it's cartoons, but they're different country music yeah, things. Yeah. To, have you that, seen them today? Well, that's, that's, today I, that's the guy that uh, did stories Be- from the bus or something. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead. That was that was his deal. Yeah. Today, man. Today they show George Jones. Uh, he said uh, George Jones and Johnny Paychecks on a bus together, and George is driving, mm-hmm. and they start arguing, and and Johnny tells George, he said, "Well, just pull this thing over, and I'll whoop your ass." Yeah. And so George pulls the bus over, and Johnny gets off, and George pulls off and leaves. Yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, oh, they it uh, just tells stories like that, man. You know, it's funny. I'd always heard this story, and I, and I didn't know if it was true or not. But the, you know, like at the old fairs, uh, they used to have like the older ladies from the from the uh, I don't know four H or wherever that would do the concession stand. You know, mm-hmm. well, uh, Johnny Paycheck was playing this county fair, and they and the dressing room was above the uh, mm-hmm. the concession stand. 
Didn't Lonnie tell the story? Well, no, I heard. I've been hearing it for years. Did you hear it somewhere? Yeah. And uh, so, I uh, he was doing something, and anyway, the floor I guess wasn't. Then he was getting rowdy, and he fell through the floor naked. And he and all into the concession area. Yeah, with all these older ladies, were you know they're all oh my Uh god, and and he's like, (laughs) and he's uh he's saying, and he just stands up, brushes himself off, says. What the hell's wrong with y'all? You ain't never seen a naked man before? <laughs> and stomps back just walks up back out. <laughs> yeah, uh, naked as the jaybird. But and, I, and so man. I, uh, I worked with this guy, wild. this drummer at, at, at Pringer's Alley, named Johnny Barber, who, uh, and uh, he uh, he played with Paycheck back during that thing. And I asked him about it. I said, "Is this true?" And he said, "It's the God's truth." And I was God, there. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. You know, they used to, funny, I used man. to hear. I mean, you you hear stories about things. Lonnie had some, Lonnie had some midnight stories he'd oh, yeah. tell about I, doing I, gigs. I, with I heard Johnny. stories about oh Bill Anderson. I had a friend of mine, uh, Jim Brown. They call him Moose, and he plays great keyboard player, great uh, guitar player. He's like your consummate sideman. I mean, he looks right. good. He sings great. He used to sing duets with Marie Osmond live, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he he was working. He had just got to town. He was working with Bill Anderson. And it was weird. He said on Bill's bus, the bathroom, instead of being in the back or wherever, it was like in the middle of the bunk area. Uh, and so there was like bunks across from the bathroom, you know? Well, it was his first ride out. And uh, Jim said, I'm laying in there and the door swinging open on the bathroom and the lights on and it's right in my eyes and my bunk, you know? So I just, right. I just reach out of my bunk. You know, you've done a million times and I slam the door, you know? Right. Well, all of a sudden he hears, Ooh, <laughs> I guess Bill, Bill was standing there taking a leak and he had his hand up in the door jam oh. to steady himself. And he shut the door on Bill's hand. He closed oh, it. He my. said, I closed my curtain real quick and never said a word, you know? Uh, like the, like a turn did it and shut yeah, the door yeah, on. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! Yeah. <laughs> Whispering Bill, that's how he yells. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. <laughs> that's funny. Well, man, have yeah. you have you thanked everybody you can think of? I think I've thanked everybody. If I missed you, thank you. Yeah, we, we I love yeah, you. Yeah, we uh, if we missed anybody along our thank, let us thank yous. Uh, we apologize. All our doctor, all our doctor bros, I love y'all. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, Thank the you. one that went up my groin, appreciate it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, I mean, well, you know, listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and catch yourself. And, uh, man, go to our website. Uh, it's uh, Hillbilly Has Bins. That's with a Z. Uh, <laughs> I always have to spell it. They should know by now, shouldn't they? <laughs> Um, they should. If they look, if they if they looked up the if they looked up the uh, podcast, and they can see how it's spelled. But. Yeah. So it's hillbillyhasbands.wordpress.com. Hmm. Yeah, and there's everything on there you need: pictures, bios, proof, proof, proof. Yeah, we're bona- <laughs> proof that we're bona fide. We're bona fide. <laughs> pictures oh. and that and the other, and uh, so we're. Uh, we keep doing it as long as you keep listening. You quit listening, we keep doing it. Ain't no sense doing it if nobody's listening. Right? Exactly. 
So it looks like we got I mean, one more in the books, my man. It's fun to know that at least two or three people are listening. It gives you a reason to, you know. Uh huh. It's kind of like you know playing a crowd of, you know. I I, I hate when I say I don't care if it's three people or three million. <laughs> That's bull. If there's <laughs> if there's thirty thousand people out there, you're gonna you definitely bust feel out more than three people. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's a difference. I mean, I, God bless all those honky tonk players that are still doing the honky tonks and stuff. Because when I did them, man, I bet there's maybe a hundred people out there, and maybe five are actually listening and not trying to pick up chicks or drink themselves into mm-hmm. a stupor, you know. But see, when you're when you're working with an artist, you got thirty thousand people. At least twenty eight thousand are paying attention because they paid a lot of money to come see you. Right. They're, they're there for a reason. They're not there to get drunk. They're there for a reason, you know. Right. To see you. Yep. So that's the difference. But I mean, well, God exactly. bless you guys that are doing it. You know, because I did it for years. Well, yeah. I guess that's it, man. It's all over with. But the crying. I've gave thanks. I don't have to thank nobody for a long time now, man. Yeah, you'll you thank, you'll hear from somebody out. that said, "Well, thanks for thanking me, man." <laughs> He's thanks for thinking about me. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why Get I didn't. There's a reason right. why I didn't. See? I was hoping you'd come and say that. Yeah, because the ones you get <laughs> usually are the the best thankful ones. The ones you don't have to thank because they you they don't have to thank them. them. They know your heart exactly. All right, folks. Well, bye bye. Ride our bus town to town. Everybody was a getting down. Pack it up and do it all again. The hillbilly has been. Now the days of old have come to pass. Even though we was kicking ass, we love the fans, but we need some friends. Hugh Billy has been